when they start um, asking questions about your personal life, that's when I'm like, hold on, this has nothing to do with football. Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast, The Bold Tackle. We are your hosts, Sophie Howard and Oliver Howard, and we are ready to tackle bold topics in sport, highlight the women's football industry, and speak about the unspoken. If you are ready to get an insight into what really goes on behind the scenes, join us on our journey and listen in to The Bold Tackle. Hi and welcome back to a new episode of our podcast, The Bold Tackle. And hi, Soph, I'm back in Germany. I know. Hi, Ollie. Um, you're back on the screen. <laughs> Um, it was a lovely weekend we spent together, obviously way too short as always, but we're pretty much back to work. And hey, a good match against Man City, wasn't it? How did you feel? You had a very um, ungrateful job in this match, didn't you? Yeah, I think I was given a, a job and I did my job. It, it wasn't the most enjoyable game uh, for me personally. And it was tricky at times um, because my job required to do things that I naturally wouldn't do. Um, but yeah. A one nil is obviously a disappointing result because we go for wins, but um, we competed and that hadn't been the case previously. And uh, my founding partner says you have to always put it in relation and compare. Um, that's what journalists have to do. Compare it to last year, a one nil loss against Man City and the way you performed would have been great. Unfortunately, you saw that you did have opportunities with Lena Peterman up front or uh, one or other shot in the second half. You could have you could have got a point there, but obviously it's still disappointing. But compared to last year, you did a great job, guys. Yeah, I think result-wise, obviously, but the main thing is performance. Uh, we will always look at performance. That's what we can control. And that has been massively different and better to previous seasons yeah we had chances but let's be honest City had chances as well where they could have um, finished the game off so I think a draw would have been deserved but in the end we can't complain that we only conceded one goal Absolutely right. I think they played great football as well and I think it was a great advertisement again for, for women's football to see how much fun it can be to watch We want to talk about a totally different topic today which is media, media in sports, especially media in, in women's football um, today, which is a combination of our two jobs. Tell us a little bit about your training in media. Maybe that's a, a bigger insight at the beginning. How much training do you get before being let loose onto interviews and media? Um, training, I personally wouldn't call it training because... You, you can only train through experience. So the more interviews, the more media appearances you do, the better you get at it. And the more you know how it works. And I'm going to put it out there, what you can say and what you can't. So no fake interviews before before let it be in letting loose to the real ones? No, um, no trial interviews, so, so to speak. Um, I think it is very evident that when you're new to the business, and I'm saying new to professional sports, you get the fairly easier interviews. Um, the longer you're in the game, the more experience you have with those. You are usually assigned the more tricky ones, and that is... How do you know what's a tricky interview? Typically, tough results. Typically, um, headlines that you know going up against. Um, typically, 
things, internal things that are being um, addressed where you have to just be strong enough to say, I'm not going to answer this. Um, things like that. How difficult is it? Because the, the, the nicest interviews everyone sees are the very emotional interviews where someone goes out of line or, or just speaks whatever he thinks and not the controlled interviews. Um, how difficult is it to keep your emotions back, especially in one of these difficult times where you played really well or you played awful and you know it, but you still have to stand there and be pretty emotionless? Um, I think it always depends on the question and also the environment of the interview. Um, I think it is actually important to show emotion. It's important to show that you care. Um, we've now spoke about losses maybe. Um, generally, I think emotions are part of it and we've just kind of learnt or trained to take them out of it. And that's why personally I never listen to interviews post-game because in in general, athletes only say what they think you want to hear and what they've been told to say. So that's basically nothing new. So I find them quite boring at the moment because I'm someone just speak the truth. Yes, there's a way of saying it and there's um, using the right words and obviously um, making sure your emotions don't take over, but just share how you feel. Why is it so emotionless? Why is there no real feelings in these interviews? Who holds you back? I think it's just become very matter of fact very much what people want to hear. Um, I think the difficulty is because if you are, uh, if you include emotions and if you are very honest, um, you get a headline that can become tricky. So sometimes to avoid that, um, and I say we as, as athletes often just go matter of fact. So whose fault is it? The media's for taking the uh, catchy headline or the clubs holding players back? I think it's a bit of everything. I think it's, yes, the the awareness that words could be twisted a little bit or take, not twisted, but taken out of context by not including the whole context and therefore creating a headline. Um, but I'm someone I'd, I'd like to speak about these difficult topics because it has to be spoken about. But also the athletes themselves because it takes courage to really share how you feel. And I think often that's avoided because it's simply easier. Can you give us some examples of things you're allowed to talk about, which are maybe not obvious, and things you're not allowed to talk about? Um, I think it always de depends on, as you said earlier, who's asking as well. Um, you often know, um, I can give you a few good examples in a sec, but you often know if it's, say someone from the club interviewing you, they're not going to try and catch you out. Um, if it's someone external that is known to create headlines, uh, I'd be a little bit careful. Um, but a, an interesting one was, um, I think, sorry, I'll go back. When they start um, asking questions about your personal life, that's when I'm like, hold on, this has nothing to do with football. If it's tricky conversations around football, I'm all about it. Anyways, years and years and years ago, um, mum and dad had just split up and a journalist um, I was on duty with the national team, had asked for an interview. And in this interview, they asked me about mum and dad. And they didn't ask how mum and dad were. They asked me about their divorce. And at that point, they weren't divorced. How did they know that? Not a clue. Not even my friends knew about mum and dad splitting up. 
um, only I guess my closest friends that were around me at that time. So because he had said about the divorce, I could obviously deny that. And I was like, they're not divorced. I don't know what you're going on about. And also it's my personal life. I don't know what you're trying to achieve here. And we moved on. But that was one of the tricky ones. Where, and also where I was a little bit, excuse me, <laughs> are you are you for real right now? And I was very confused where he found this out. Um, it was wrong information because they weren't divorced. But anyways, um, so that was fortunately one of the only times where they tried to cross the line to my personal life. And I, I really don't understand and know what they're trying to achieve you also spoke about not wanting to bring too much personal life into into these interviews yeah. and into the outside world so i'm from the media side and i can understand how a lot of journalists try to get personal information out because that is what a lot of fans are interested in you know um yourself how people follow you on instagram and it's become bigger and bigger with all the social media on the other hand i understand that football is also only a job why do you need to be in the public all you're doing is playing football people want to watch it so they can watch me playing football my job they don't need to know much about my personal life um how do you how difficult is this split between the two views for you I think I'm quite okay people asking questions about my personal life in the sense of um, what I'm getting up to or maybe how my family's doing because obviously I uh, portray you guys a lot on my socials uh, because you're such a big part of my life. You're simply part of my journey. Um, I think when they're trying, oh sorry, I'll go back, when I'm not sure what they want to do with inf this information, I'm always careful of sharing it. Um, obviously, we purposefully don't talk too much about your daughter because that's your private life. And when people want to get close to that information, hold on, no, that's none of your business. Um, so it is a tricky, it's a fine line, I guess, because, you, yeah, as you said, that's what interests the, the spectators, the fans, uh, whoever... Um, but there's also a line where, hold on, this is my life. This is my privacy. Um, this is what I can protect from all of you, if that makes sense. Mm, but but how much more has it become through social media? Because I think you could go and follow a person here or there and follow follow some of his family members or friends. I'm saying his, but it can be his or her yeah. uh, family members and friends. And you could find out quite a lot about people also through the internet you know pretty much anything. Um, how difficult has it become to to stay a little bit anonymous um, and just be known for Sophie as a football player? I think that is very tricky. Um, and I think because there's so much interest in what we do outside of our job, um, that's why it's become so tricky. But I think you can also control that. When we talk about social media, say I go on holiday um, I will put up pictures of me being on holiday, um, but I won't be taking pictures of my hotel room of um, the the exact beach that I'm at, just because that is mine. You know, that is information I don't need to share. You can know which country I'm in, but that's all you're getting pretty much. Why do you share anything at all if you want to if you don't want your personal life to be known to the outside why don't you just 
not use social media, for example, because that would be an easy way yeah. to to cut off business, playing football, from personal life? Um, because personally, I'm at a point where I'm brand building and the less I share, the less ex exposure you have. Again, there's a there's a limit to what I share. Um, but I need, unfortunately, I'll go back, because social media has become such a focus, focus point for everything, really. Um, there's, I, I follow a, a strict kind of, strict rules of what I post in terms of, yes, there's pictures of only myself. There's never selfies, really. Um, but it's often when I post football stuff, it's about the team because that is what is important to me. Not what I've done. It's about the team. Um, but also, I'm using the social media as promotion, as promotional tool. Um, and that is, for me, crucial. Maybe the last question to social media. So how important are likes for you on social media? Is is that what you're actually trying to achieve, to get likes and attention? Or is it tr <laughs> you trying to show people on the outside of Sophie playing football and maybe also promoting women's football for younger generations to increase their interest in sport and to go out on the pitch and play football and, and to get the sports bigger? Um, fortunately, I, um, I'd use the word mature enough to not be obsessed with likes. That is not me. Um, but as you said, it's a promotional tool. It's a tool for me to promote Sophie Howard but also women, women's football and the topics that I'm passionate about. Um, you'll see a lot on my stories that I post things from authors I've read books about or campaigns that I'm quite passionate about, topics, um, political difficulties, uh, stuff like that. But that because that's what I stand for. That's what I'm interested in. And I guess that is the side of Sophie Held off the pitch that I'd, I'm happy to show. I'm happy to share. So just a quick question in between, what are the three most important topics or passionate topics for you? Number one for me is personal growth. Yeah, that's something I'm almost obsessed with. We spoke in one of the episodes about body composition for performance and that is something on a kind of sport society side that I'm really, really passionate about, um, positive body image, um, helping young girls... Um, getting away from body shaming, stuff like that. And the third thing is peace. <laughs> and I say that very um, broadly. But any maltreatment, any unfairness, any use of violence for power or religious reasons, which baffles me anyways, um, yeah, I am strongly against. Then we'll jump back to, to the media part. <laughs> How... How much do you think women's football misses press conferences? Because press conferences for the men's side are pretty huge. They get a lot of media coverage. You have a lot of the big media outlets that go and ask questions to the coaches. Sometimes it gets out of hand. Other times it's information such as who's injured, what's your lineup, how do you see the opponent, how are you preparing for the next match. How important do you think is that for women's football? Um, it's a big part of the growth of the game and the growth of the media side of the game. We have press conferences before every game. 
um, at our club. I'm not sure if that's the case for every other club in the WSL. Um, and you can really... How much media is there to cover it? Uh, I'd say roughly five, which is obviously compared to the men's side, nothing. But it's a first step. But five more than a couple of years ago. Exactly. It's a first step. It is also um, via the laptop, via screens, which makes it feel very odd because you're in the room by yourself and with your comms team. But um, there's actually no journalists present, which makes it a little bit odd. But you get used to it. Are players involved in those press conferences as well? Or is it just a coach? Yeah, it's typically uh, our manager and always one player. And where do these get streamed or where can you watch them? Because I've never seen any of them. And that is the issue. <laughs> so we're doing them and they are being shown, but you'll have to follow the club to know about it. Um, so it's like on, say, Twitter, they come out or on the, the Leicester homepage. Um, to be fair, our our Leicester comms team has really upped their game, I think, this season and are working closely with the men, um, which is really helping us. Um, but there's still a long way to go. The final and last question for today. You spoke about the divorce question yeah. of mum and dad. What was the most difficult question you really had to answer? And where you gave maybe a good answer in your opinion? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, the most difficult one. Was it? Was it this one? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was the most difficult question. I think one of the questions that or interviews that could have been most difficult and that I refused was after the World Cup. Um, I was asked... After Argentina? Yeah. Um, I was asked in the... What is it called? Where you walk past as players and there's like loads of journalists. I don't know what it's called. Um, the press. It's like a shark tank. <laughs> um, but anyways, I um, was also told to just refuse interviews and just walk past. So basically that was one that I refused because I knew it was going to be tough and I was too emotional. I couldn't have... Well, Focused. that would have been the most difficult yeah. thing to watch as well because we spoke about this in the parents' perspective yeah. where you said how much shame you felt yeah. and how much responsibility you felt for not going through. Um, I'm quite happy you Yeah, I, I don't think I could have answered the question. I probably would have just yeah. stared at them. You know how we spoke about our shutdown? I probably would have no. done, that, done that in that interview. It would have been a very wordless interview. Poor um, journalists in yeah, that case because they would have been afraid as well. Yeah, I think they knew better than to chase me down. And what is the what is the nicest question you can get asked? Where not the easiest question where you go yes or no or of course we it was good to win. But yeah. um, what, what was what what could be like the best question where you can give the most emotion and the and the most insightful answer? Re recently, I'd say in terms of football, it's always been when journalists ask me what's so special about this team and I talk about club and country because I've got so much to say about these people and this team and what defines us and what makes us special and why we're who we are. And I'm quite passionate, and I use the word passionate again, but to I love kind of figuring out what's going on in the team that's not visible and why we've got a strong bond and why we're performing the way we do and maybe why we're not performing the way we do. And I love answering that question. But at the moment, you're performing great, even if the last two results were maybe not what you wanted. Yeah. Um, I mean, great, great performance overall over the last couple of weeks. So come on, journalists, ask these questions. Yeah, come on, bring them on. I'm ready now. <laughs>
So thank you very, very much for all your insights here. It's been really interesting to talk um, about the media side and how you see it from your side. I hope you have a lovely camp. Uh, good luck against Holland uh, tomorrow. And we'll see each other soon. I will see you soon. I think I'm just going off of what you say. It would be very interesting to get the other side on board. Get someone in that is involved in sports media and see what they have to say. Let's do that. All right. That's plan of action. See you soon. <laughs> See you soon. Thank you for listening in, everyone. Bye, everyone.